Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. Darren over there. We're your two old bloggers. Two plus decades worth of writing about your Minnesota Vikings. And we're here today to break down the Minnesota Vikings 2022 and 2023 because we go into 2023, hopefully a long way in the 2023, like as in February, schedule. And then for the second part, Darren over here has some worries about the backup quarterback. What is there to worry about? We got Sean Mannion. We'll get into that. And then thirdly, in part three of Darren's breakout series, we're going over probably the best corner on the team. Why do we say that? We'll show you why. With Cameron Dantzler, right after this new rolling. Climb in the pocket, Abe Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. What'd you think, buddy? Wow. Woo! Let's get Ugh. going. That I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed making that. That pumped me up. So it was a good thing to do. We shortened it. Everybody wanted it short. We shortened the one on Thursday, which is a little bit too short, but hey, that was we live and learn. But this one. I thought was good. Gets everybody ready to talk Minnesota Vikings. But first, how are things in the Great White North? Good warming up, Dave. Warming. Don't know what. Good. Don't, don't know. Uh, last week was a crappy weekend. We even got some snow, but we're all over that now. Moving on to summer. Uh, it's about time that goes like that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Ours is over. We're already starting to hit hundreds. So, but that's it. I want to say hello to Sean, Tyler, the Drewster, and uh, Viking Jerome that have joined us so far. Anybody else that's watching? Because I know there's more watching. I can see it in the numbers. Let's get going with the first topic because it's a big one. It is the fact that the schedule came out. Boom, boom, boom. Well, yes, Dave, we knew uh, we knew who the Vikings' opponents were. We didn't know when they were playing them, except for, I think, three games, which came out a little week earlier. And so uh, now we know. We know when the Vikings are playing everybody, oh, how many, when they're playing, where, uh, the, all the breakdown. So uh, always that's always a, a key point in the season, I think. And, and folks start to talk about, like, start getting into, which I think is always dangerous, is looking into, okay, how – the Vikings, do I see them winning here? And, the, you know, that one looks like a loss. And it's uh, very tough to make predictions right now because uh, so much can happen between between to the Vikings and to their opponents between now and when they actually play them. And as I've said before, they uh, you know, what looks like a tough game now, three or four months from now, might not be a tough game. Maybe uh, a cakewalk, yeah. And, maybe, vice, and versa. Vice, vice versa. So uh, really um, – but still good to get out, and it's a good thing to talk about because at this point of the year, we don't have a whole lot to talk about in a lot of ways. And uh, so I think the first thing, of course, the season opener against that team from Wisconsin, the Packers, uh, I Aww. think. Why I do really... we have to start on a bum note like that? Other well, than yeah. if we whoop their butts, it's a great start. It is a great start, and I actually – I actually like the fact that we are playing the Packers 
in the season opener. Uh, the reasons why, A, uh, well, it, we're playing at home for one, so not at Lambeau, so maybe a little bit of an advantage there or not as much a disadvantage for the Vikings because they won't have to be playing against the refs who <laughs> react to every cheesehead who yells out that that was a pass interference or a hold or whatever. Uh, so you, you eliminate that a little bit, even out the, the usually bogus refing that occurs between we'll get to any that time later, the Packers. We'll like week yeah. 17. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But if you look at so playing at home, I think your first time is good. Uh, there's a couple other things to, to keep in mind is that um, they, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers, he won't have played very much, if at all, during the preseason. Uh, so the game one is going to be the first time he's probably going to really play any extended or uh, real live football action at all. Uh, not that I feel that he'll be terribly rusty, but. He won't have he won't have Devonte Adams for the first time in many years. His security blanket and one of the best receivers in the NFL, Marquez Valdez Scantling, is gone. He's another guy that Rodgers had uh, developed trust in. Uh, we don't he's we don't know he's going to be working with new receivers, rookie receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes, who got selected in the second and fourth round of the NFL draft. And then they, I think they selected two other wide receivers or at least one more wide receiver uh, later on in the seventh. But questions like uh, we've often heard that it takes a while for Aaron Rodgers to trust young receivers, rookie receivers. Uh, you know, so we don't, you know, Watson and Dudes may be very talented. They may be uh, as players, but uh, they're rookies. Will they run the routes the right way, the way Rodgers expects them? Is there going to, I think there'll be a little bit of lack of chemistry. Certainly won't be as much chemistry between them and Rodgers as there would be between Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Those two were on like another plane. They just knew what each other was going to do all the time. That won't be the case with Watson and Dubes, and, and Watson is ex- expected to play a large role in the in the Packers passing game. So, uh, yes, the, the Packers will still have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb is still there, but I feel that there's a, with the new receivers and the fact that Rodgers probably won't have played at all leading up to this game, the, the Packers passing attack could be a little bit out of sync. Uh, they might be a little bit flat. The running game should still be fine, but I think with that, coupled with a new 3-4 defensive scheme and a new coordinator they're going to be facing, that the Packers offense uh, might have uh, some trouble in this opening game. And they've usually started out, even though they finished 13 and three the last couple of seasons or whatever it is, 13 and four, they have uh, started out slow. Aaron Rodgers is known for that because he does not play that many snaps during the preseason. He comes in not quite in sync. And I agree with you having the new guys that uh, I don't, this is a good chance in my opinion, to grab a game from the Cheeseheads. Now, later on in the season, uh, it's possible that Rodgers and these guys will have worked things out and they'll have, they, are, they should have better chemistry in Week 17 than they would have in Week 1. And another guy that uh, the Packers probably will be depending on a bit more, way more than they did last year is Amari Rodgers, the other Rodgers. Uh, Roger, Aaron Rodgers definitely did not trust him last year. And I think even in year two, that's going to be an issue. So there, there's a, some questions with the, with the, the Packers wide receiving core. Uh, and uh, when you're playing, you're going to be going up against the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell is going to be the season opener for him. First time as a head coach, uh, the players should be extremely energized to, and be looking to play really, really, especially hard, even harder than usual for him to make a good impression, make a good impression on the home crowd, even though 40% of it will be Packer fans, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> and- <laughs> I'm curious about that. And I haven't asked friends. I've got friends that own season tickets. How many of them are selling a lot of times they sell the Packers game because it yep. makes up, they make enough money in that to pay for almost their whole season. But how many are going to do that when it's the season opener? Generally, they like coach. to go to the season opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Dave. Uh, and uh, with along with that, uh, I think that this is going to be, imagine you're, you're, you got Kevin O'Connell, first game as a head coach, new team, a lot of new players, but some same players, but they're going to be energized and, you're going up against – I like the fact you're going up against a team that's won the division the last three years, a team that's gone 
39 and 10 in the last three years outstanding record like what a tone setter to the season for the vikings to play them and beat them and and i like i said there's reasons that that the you know the packers offense in particular could be off in that game so i like us playing the packers in the season opener at home under these circumstances and imagine again great tone setter if you win that game david you go into the next week against a tough philadelphia team on the road with a ton of confidence you are going to be, yeah, you're going to be playing against uh, a very tough defense, uh, especially the front seven, but uh, at, at a tough place. But also, and yes, the, the Eagles traded for A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith. But Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, while very mobile, has a lot of issues on as far as passing the ball. And that road game is a pretty good road game to start the year and very winnable, especially after if you're able to beat the Packers at home and go in there on a high note. And then you're 2-0, and and your next three games are, as we can see, are at home against the Lions, home against the Bears, and you got a road game against the Saints, which should be tough, except you're not playing in the soup you're not playing in the Louisiana Superdome. You're playing overseas where the Vikings have done very well. So there's an excellent chance, if the Vikings can win that first one, uh, that they could go in that five game stretch, we could go four and one, or dare I say, five and zero. Uh, I know, I know, and I, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself, but the possibility is there. Whereas the past two years, I don't think we really felt that way. And what a way, again, to start off the new new head coach, a new era with the GM to go into your first five games at four and one, or potentially five and zero. Oh. I mean, you'd be cooking with gas at that point, mm-hmm. and and really. And the Vikings have to get off to a hot start because the past two years they've gone 0-2. We know the stats that when teams go 0-2, they almost never make the playoffs. And it's that 0-2 has really put the Vikings behind the eight ball. They had to play catch-up. They did manage to get to 500 in both seasons, but they just couldn't, you know, couldn't they sustain couldn't get that. over the hump. Yeah. Couldn't get over the hump. Going 4-1, 5-0 in those first few games – definitely gets you over the hump um now we you look at that schedule you got a tough november slate there going against the bills in buffalo and then you got the cowboys and the patriots at home we have not done very well against the cowboys no matter where we've played them in the past 15 years uh and 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 uh but they're so beatable. that's yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Definitely. The Patriots are not the Patriots of, of the Brady glory years, for sure. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think they are. But yeah, there's that. And the, I get the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, if the Vikings are in a position where uh, late in the season, you, you know, that, that they have something to play for, uh, you don't like the fact that they're going into Lambeau and Soldier Field in January in what likely will be very cold conditions because that's I don't think that hopefully we'll have a playoff spot sewn up by then or and hopefully the divisional title sewn up by then so we won't have to worry too much about about it uh, but th- that's a bit of a worry those last two games playing on the road and playing in January in outdoor stadiums in yes. cold cold weather so. cities. Mm-hmm. But, and that's how I look look at the schedule so far. Well, and that that's a good look. And as I wrote in the the forward to this piece, that the schedule makers were typical New York NFL headquarters schedule makers. The Minnesota Vikings did request to postpone their bye because the bye generally comes after that London game. Well, that would have put the buy at week five. We did not want the buy at week five. That's a little yeah. early. Well, they threw us a lollipop and gave it to us at week seven, right? And said, here you go, boys. On the other end, they did what they sometimes tend to do. They said, all right, Minnesota, if one, there's only two primetime games as of now. But it's like as of week five, stuff can be flexed. So yep. things can change. But there's only two primetime games right now. There is uh, the Monday Nighter against the Eagles on ABC. And there is the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving against the Patriots 
and it's the first time we're hosting a Thanksgiving Patriots oh. game. Or a Thanksgiving game, period. Uh, we yep. played in eight Thanksgiving games. I thought it was more, but it's only eight. Um, this will be the first time we host one. Uh, I've seen lots of stuff on the web that they hope Justin Jefferson has his Randy Moss moment on Thanksgiving Day. That would be sweet, but we shall see. But right now, those are the only primetime games. However, those last two games are set to be flexed if the Vikings are in the hunt. I'm hoping that those last two games don't mean anything, i.e. that we've already secured everything and don't have to worry about um, those last two games because they are in the most miserable of conditions. Lambeau on, what is it, New Year's Eve? No. One of them's on New Year's Eve, the other one's the week later, right? Or before, vice versa, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy, possibly record-sitting cold, you know, minus 10 at kickoff type stuff. We'll find out that um, obviously the New York schedule makers did not look fondly about on the Vikings. Maybe they thought they were, you know, doing a tit-for-tat since they postponed that bye week two weeks. We'll find out. We shall see. Uh, In the remarks, people are talking about the London game. At uh, if anybody's going, that looks like a fantastic game. It's in the new stadium, Tottenham Hotspur, that they built not only for soccer, but they built specifically with the NFL in mind. If you've never been to England and you have the means, I suggest that you try it out. It is a good time. And you want to talk about some good beer? Oh, <laughs> wow. And the fans over in Europe and in England in particular are absolutely fantastic. They love our Vikings. So it's a great game to go to. But let's look at the games. and Let's look at the quarterbacks we faced this year. We don't face the quarterbacks we faced last year. At least the it doesn't. there's only, I think, three on the list that we actually do face twice. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel as quite as daunting as last year, David. It was last year we went, we went up against. Well, you get Rogers twice a year, um, whether whether you like it or not, unless he gets injured. But you know, we had to go against Lamar Jackson last year, Justin Justin Herbert. Uh, we had to go against. Uh, I gotta take a look see here. I'm forgetting, but uh, Joe Burrow. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe we didn't know right. he's going to be the Joe Burrow. He was late in the season, the first game, but you know, he still played yeah, pretty well in that one. Turned into it, yeah. Yeah, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, uh, you had Matt Stafford, and even Ben Roethlisberger was playing, you know, not too bad uh, late in the season. Um, You know, this year, yeah, we get Murray again and Rodgers again, and uh, we likely won't be lucky enough to miss facing Dak Prescott when we play the the Cowboys. We only get three this year that I counted, Murray, Rodgers, and uh, Jared Goff. But let's play a little game. You got Josh Allen on the schedule, too. Yep. Who's got the better quarterback? We play the Packers twice. Let me bring up the other one of him. We play the Packers twice. Aaron Rodgers. Who's the better quarterback? Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins? Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you 100%. Now, I do hope Aaron Rodgers is a little rusty at the beginning of the season. And hopefully he's hitting that age cliff and, you know, but we'll see, you know. Didn't look like it last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's bound to happen. Shut up, Aaron. Um, Anyways, we have Aaron Rodgers, of course. We have, um, let me find my spot, Kyler Murray. This is the second one. We played him last year. We play him again. Little Mighty Midget. Normally when I do graphics, if the quarterback has his arm above his head, it makes him look taller. For some reason, Kyler Murray looks even shorter. Uh, it <laughs> is what it is. We have Dak Prescott. Because last year we didn't play Dak Prescott. We played their backup and still lost. God, that was disgusting. This year we have yes. Dak Prescott. So who's better here? Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? Well, most people would say uh, Dak Prescott. I think that numbers-wise, they're quite similar. 
as far as their passing yardage over their career. But uh, I personally like Prescott because he's a little bit more mobile. And uh, uh, but that's uh, and I, I think I'm also biased against Kirky. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I forgot to ask about Tyler Murray. Yeah, well, again, uh, Murray's a or much, 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 he's a much, much. He's a dynamo, much, 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 much better athlete. Uh, not that Kirk Cousins is a, is a bad athlete. He's playing pro football. But, uh, but yeah, I take Murray over Cousins uh, 100 times out of 100. Josh Allen, when we play the Bills. Hey, there you go again. I'm, in uh, Buffalo. Not in Buffalo. Uh, that's Allen all day there. And our heart goes out to the city of Buffalo with their tragedy today. Um, Carson Wentz has made the move to the Wash, Washington Commies, Commanders, me. the Commanders. Ah, <laughs> uh, who's better, Kirk or Wentz? Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. Wentz is streaky, though. Jamison Winston. Okay. Crab legs Winston. No way that he is better than Kirk Cousins. Uh-uh. On to the next, please. Tua. Two yard Tua, Kirk <laughs> Cousins all day. Kirk Cousins all day. But I love the colors. Gotta love it. Ah, back to Detroit. Jared Goff. Cousins. I don't care how many kneecaps are bitten, bitten in this game. These games, Cousins is a better quarterback. Chicago, Justin Fields. Well, it's Cousins right now. I think it, it depending on. I don't see. I'm not anticipating seeing Fields take such a huge leap in play this year that that he that I consider him a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins by next year. But uh, the potential's certainly there. But as of right now, you'd have to say Cousins in a walkover on this one. Daniel Jones, Cousins. Let's move on. Zach Wilson. Same thing. Although there is another guy in a second year, hugely talented. Uh, the Jets have in few brought a lot of talent in on both sides of the ball this offseason, and maybe that makes a big difference. But Wilson certainly Wilson had Wilson's got to be shell shocked from what happened last year with all the getting sacked all the time and all of the interceptions he threw up. He kind of got a little bit better towards the end of the year, as the Jets did in, as a team themselves. But uh, I, I I don't worry about it. I actually hope he's horseshit. <laughs> but uh, I think for for a young guy. It's tough for them when they have a, a difficult rookie year like that. It seems to to like really bounce back and, and go up, you know, upwards and onwards. But we will see. But Cousins I certainly think so in New York. Uh, yeah, the New York teams, the New York press just vilifies them, and it's hard. It's a hard start for a player in New York. So Matt, this one is Cousins. Matt Ryan moves from Atlanta to the Colts. Ooh, I would say this one would be almost even. I might even give it – I'd actually might probably give it to Ryan just a little bit. And I think Ryan is going to be a difficult – not that he's un, unreal, but uh, really smart QB uh, guy. He's seen it all in his, in his life. And you kind of wonder – he won't have a whole lot to throw to in, in uh, Indianapolis this year. But uh, he's got going to have to like that offensive line uh, that he's, he's going to mm-hmm. be playing – with and Jonathan Taylor, who as as his running back, assuming Taylor stays healthy, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty good helpers for Mr. Matt Ryan. But I'd say this one's about even. And then the last one is Jalen Hurts. Well, I yeah, Cousins is better. Uh, that Hurts certainly was better last year than the, what we saw in the rookie year, but. Hurts had some games and some stretches of games where he just looked god awful. Uh, and uh, the in the games that I watched, and did not look like a guy that you would uh, want as your starting quarterback long term. And I actually don't even think the Eagles are all that sold on Hurts long term. Um, uh, we'll see next draft year what they feel about that. But uh, Cousins definitely, uh, I give Cousins is the better quarterback here. Now, why I asked all that, and when you go down the schedule, is that my first thing when I look at at a matchup as to evaluate who's going to win and who's going to lose, is I look at the who's got the better quarterback. That's the first thing. Then I go on to, well, then who's got the better offense, offensive line, defense, defensive 
stop at a point, and then I look that. But my first spot is who's got the better quarterback. I think Drew goes about this the same way. But if you can pick out who's got the better quarterback, and you look down that list, the Vikings are in pretty good shape as we look at the whole season. And then we'll get in later. I'm sure there's many times we're going to go through this schedule and look, call wins and losses. But we're going to look at, all right, who had a good team prior to this last season? Do they have a new quarterback? Do they have the same quarterback? How good are they? Et cetera, et cetera. And all that will figure in. Make sense? It does, yes. But again, got a Vikings going to be really important, I think, for them to get off to a good start uh, with, a, with a new head coach, new general manager. Uh, you know, if, if they go like one and three, like they did the past two years or uh, early on and lose games that we think they should win, that the fans think they should win, uh, that's going to be that, that could really have a have a stop the momentum and really put a bit of a dent into Kevin O'Connell and this positive, you know, all for one, one for all culture he's trying to build and how we're, you know. Cooperation. Yeah. yeah collaboration. Yeah. yeah. All the it, won't, it won't take long for the, the I think, for the, the players to uh, sour a little bit on that and t- tune out that messaging if things don't go well early on. I'm not anticipating it us to the Vikings to fall flat on that. I think despite their flaws, they have a bit too much talent to really blow it in the, especially with the slate of games they have early on. But as you always say, Dave, we shall see. We shall see. Moving on to the second segment and purple haze calls for 14, three, 12, five bottom purple haze. <laughs> I hope you are hundred percent correct. Uh, we're moving on to the second part. When we, we just got talking about quarterbacks, we're going to talk about quarterbacks again. What happens if, God forbid, Kirk Cousins gets hurt? Yeah, I think this is a topic that I wanted to revisit. We had touched on it uh, in the, you know, mm-hmm. back around free agency. But I, even though there's a lot of things that I've liked about what Quasi Adolfamensa has done as far as building this team and what Kevin O'Connell has, has been doing and saying. Uh, really, uh, I am not really all that happy about how they've handled the backup quarterback position and the fact that they seem to be, at least right now, content to – I see that they, they're bringing in Brett Hot, Hot Rod Hunley as, a, as, a, as, a, mm-hmm. as, a, as an invite. Um, so they're adding a little bit into the room, and I'd rather have Hunley taken some snaps than Nate Stanley. But anyway, getting a little bit off topic. But uh, the signing of, of Sean Mannion indicates that Mannion is going to be, at least for now, he's the backup to Kirk Cousins. And I really, really am worried about that. Uh, yes, Kirk Cousins is extremely durable. He has only missed two games in the four years he's played with the Vikings, and, and neither of those two were due to a like a, a physical injury. Uh, he got sat out the Chicago game a couple of years ago because it didn't mean anything. And last year he missed the game because he got COVID and he couldn't play. But otherwise he's been, you know, he's been basically healthy, no injury issues, hardly ever on even on the injury report. I think last year he was on the injury report for the first time in maybe his whole career. Uh, particularly with the Vikings, but as we as we see all as we saw last year with Russell Wilson, all it takes is you hit a hand on a helmet and break a thumb, or you get rolled on by your offensive lineman and sprain an ankle. Uh, that you could you could lose Cousins mm-hmm. as your starting quarterback for a significant amount of time, and with Sean Mannion as your backup, a significant amount of time is one game. <laughs> i i just i don't i don't understand why the vikings have decided to run it back with Mannion bringing him back yeah sure he only cost like basically 1.3 million and they did have some salary cap issues but here's a guy he's into his seventh year in the league he's only started three games in those three games the team is 0-3 in those three games he's only averaged 150 yards passing uh in that one one touchdown pass, three interceptions. There is no mystery to Sean Mannion. Great arm, very strong arm, but he is not a quarterback that you want starting any games in the NFL. I think that's proven. So I don't know why you've got him as your backup for a yet another year 
and there's really no excuse because this is a new staff. They should, <laughs> they should be, you know, t- trying something else. Like I know that there wasn't a maybe whole lot of great. Was, maybe it was involved with the Kirk Cousins extension. It was, I need my pacifier. I'm going to write it into the contract. Come on, man. <sighs> pacifier. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. But I know that they say it, say it all the time. Mannion, very smart. Great in the quarterback room. Got a great rapport with, with Kirk Cousins. I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. I, I, can he play? Can he go into a game and give you a chance to win? And the answer is N-O with Sean Mannion. And so if you lose Kirk Cousins for a game or two games, got three games, the Viking and put Sean Mannion in there, the Vikings are not going to win any of those games. It's just, and you better hope you're not in, in a close playoff race. Mm-hmm. Most, a lot of what I'm seeing now is people saying the Vikings are going to go nine and eight or eight and nine. So if that, maybe 10 and seven in that area, you're, you're in your, you're around the wild card range, right? right. Uh, you lose one or two of those games because you've got Mannion as your starting quarterback because you didn't bother getting anybody better in there. You're going to lose those games. You're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe that's what they want. I don't well, know. But even if you take Purple Haze at the 12 wins, 12 to 14 wins, at that point you're fighting for playoff seed, right? Yeah. You could get there in the first you know, seed, whatever, and, uh, <clears throat> and go on from there. But if you lose Cousins and Mannion's got to get, get in, it's going to be hard. I mean, life's hard. NFL's hard. Of course you don't have a backup that can come in and win you games, except for on rare occasions like in 2017. Speaking of which. Well, yeah. I I know there wasn't a whole lot of uh, – the, the quarterback – the backup quarterback market is always milk toast. It's usually not all that great. But – and, and I know it's everybody who's watching. I get it. It's not 2017 anymore. I, I know that. Uh, that was probably a flash in the pan. But the Bills, obviously, they value the backup quarterback position because last year they went out and got Mitch Trubisky to do the backup. And you can say what you want about Trubisky, but as a backup, he's not a bad option, I think. Sure. Uh, he can do some things and probably keep your head above water for a few games. Case Keenum. The Bills traded for him. They gave up a seventh rounder, and when they got Keenum, Keenum restructured his contract, so he's only costing them three point four million. Now, so I, like bad. I would have been very happy. I would have been very happy for the Vikings to do a similar deal. Like you're telling me that Keenum wouldn't be more viable than Nick Muse, who we selected in the seventh round this time. Uh, we could have fit him under three point five million if he was going to restructure. That was a deal I would have been very happy for the Vikings to get, and you get Keenum. Again, not 2017. I'm not under any illusions about that, but Keenum has a proven track record. He can go into a game and he can win games for you, or at least not lose them for you. Right. Well, Sean Mannion is not that wins guy. 50 50 range. Right? Wins half, loses yeah. half. If you've got that, you've got a good backup. Case Keenum in 2017 obviously caught that horseshoe around his neck and did outstanding. We had best defense in the league whole bunch of weapons he did great so but he's that guy that can win you at least half the games mitch trubisky could mitch trubisky may get the starting job in what is yep. it the steelers this year the steelers we'll yeah um so the if if they didn't the vikings decided they were going to roll with who they're going to roll with then then they they need to they got to know what Mannion is right so they're obviously hoping and expecting that Kirk Cousins will play every game, every snap, and we sure hope that's the case this year. But I hope, also hope, and I've said it before in this show, that I really hope that if, you've, if yeah, if Mannion is the guy you're bringing back in your quarterback, then Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo-Mensa and the, and the whole offensive staff, Wes Phillips, they have got to better have a plan for Kellen Mond to coach him up and – see what they've got with him. So hopefully Mond outplays Mannion and Mond shows that he can be the backup for this team. And That's, we said this last year, when keep yeah. Mannion as quote, the number two, and he's the professional clipboard holder and the guy talking into the quarterback's ear. But I expected last year, even that Mond would be, if Kirk ever got hurt, Mond would be the guy that came in 
and Mannion would continue to be the professional clipboard holder talking into the quarterback's ear. It didn't happen. Hopefully this year we can see more of Kellen, his development, and that the fact that we do have Kevin O'Connell, who is a quarterback's coach, can that we can actually see growth in Mond and see what he actually does have. And if he isn't there, that we can see building upon. Get, hopefully Kevin O'Connell can get him there to at least the backup level as a quarterback because we don't have anybody else. No, and uh, and yeah, you're and you're right that that you got an offensive minded, you got a former quarterback as your head coach, uh, it's coach quarterbacks, and again they've got to have a rock solid plan for Mond and really invest in developing him. Whereas last year Zimmer couldn't have cared less about the kid doing anything with him and seemed to even kind of hate, hate him, uh, which seemed odd. Uh, but I think and, that was but, the Zimmer Spielman clash. That went in, so, but that's juvenile. Part of that, yeah, part of that plan for Kellen Mond has to be the preseason in the three games. Kellen Mond has to get like 85% of the snaps. Let's see what he can do. Has he really progressed from last year when he looked terrible uh, get him as much playing time as possible in in like the organized team activities and then in preseason because Kirk Cousins is not going to play in preseason other than probably, I don't know, he might not even play in the first series of the first game. Like he'll play very little and you and he better play very little com- when you consider what we've got. But the guy that has to play a lot in preseason is Kellen Mond so he can get reps, get up against NFL players, even if they aren't starters, and sometimes if they are, and get in there and keep on learning and getting better. Uh, that's got to be a big part of the plan. And and Drew was talking about how the, the Vikings, I think he was saying that they'll pick up a free agent if Cousins gets, gets hurt. Um, maybe he can restate the question. But I think if Cousins was to get a big injury early in the year, I think the Vikings would certainly – they're going to have to trade – for somebody at that point i don't know who that somebody would be but they're gonna have to trade for somebody who can start because you're not going to go with sean Mannion as your starter for 14 15 games if if you're to lose cousins long term but we hope that doesn't happen but and if it doesn't happen the, the vikings backup situation i think is still very worrisome to me even in because if we need a spot starter we don't have one right now who i'm confident can help us win a game or at least prevent us from, from or or not be the big reason why we lose it. Lose game. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, this is the point of the show where we talk about beer. In this case, Lake Monster Brewing up in Minnesota, best beer in Minnesota. If you like great beer, if you're looking for that, uh, that one in 10,000 beers that just absolutely tickles your fancy, This time of year, we're starting to get warmer. You could be listening to us talking Vikings, and of course, beer goes with football, right? Or (laughs) you could be crying over the Timberwolves or the Wild this week because they lost so terribly bad. Or you could be going out and catching a Twins game or maybe even a Saints game, St. Paul Saints. Who knows? But the best refreshing things is a Lake Monster beer brought to you over on the other side in St. Paul, just across the river by Lake Monster Brewing. Go check them out. Great beer, great times. And uh, Matt Lang, the brewmeister, will hook you up. Good man. Good man, good beer. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to have some Lake Monster Brewing. Yes, you are, and I'm going to try to make that happen. All right, now on to Section 3. Breakout player. Who's our breakout player of this week? Our breakout player today, David, is Cameron Dantzler. Uh, for those who have been watching the show uh, religiously, and I hope that's a lot of people, and we all thank everybody who tunes in regularly and even not so regularly to watch us talk Minnesota Vikings football. Uh, I've been, uh, I have been uh, going over some players who I – I think uh, could be important uh, uh, athletes for the Vikings in having and allowing them to have the 2022 season that we 
would like to see the Vikings have, which is make the playoffs and have like a like one of those twelve and five uh, records that uh, has been talked about below. And Cameron Dantzler is the latest guy that I want to highlight on that uh, because we know the Vikings last year. Uh, the Vikings last year's uh, secondary struggled, uh, particularly the cornerbacks, and that's putting it mildly. Um, and this year, they 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 have tried to address that. Um, they they again last, a few weeks ago they drafted Andrew Booth in the second round uh, out of Clemson. They also drafted uh, Caleb Evans from Missouri in the fourth round. They they signed uh, Chandon Sullivan from the Packers. They also signed Harrison, um, who had played for the Colts. Uh, and, and the Broncos in the previous years, and re-signed Patrick Peterson. So they they have done they have uh, got, uh, grabbed some athletes at that position to address a very uh, not very deep and very weak position. However, uh, I think that Dantzler is a hugely important player for the Vikings secondary in 2022, and well, it's. Dancer is a guy that I've I've liked since the Vikings drafted him and got him in the third round. And at that point, I thought that the Vikings really got a steal because here was a guy who had been a high-performing corner in the SEC, the mm-hmm. best football conference in college football. He went up against all the top dudes and held his own and more than held his own during that time. To get him in the third round, I thought was a real steal for the Vikings. Uh, and he dropped there because he didn't run as fast as some of the other guys. But I always liked him. And here's a guy last year, pro football focus. Again, disclaimer. Yeah, we know it's pro football focus and not everybody agrees with their rankings. But he was, the, as you see on the board, 17th ranked cornerback in the NFL. That's pretty good. Uh, not so were the other guys, though, that were playing more than him. Uh, guys like Patrick Peterson. There you go. Got him up again. Rashad Breland and Mac and Cheese Alexander. You you can see the rankings there, PFF rankings on the uh, on the the screen. Pretty terrible. I mean, Peterson's uh, rankings, which of course he is always strongly disagreed with on his podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, fifty-seven isn't you know it isn't horrible. Well, horrible, if you but, think about uh, it, all right, the PFF rankings where these come from are corners with minimum snaps that started, yeah. all right? If you count three corners per team, that's 96 corners, right? Mm-hmm. 57 is in, you know, closing in on the bottom third. If you agree with Pat P saying they didn't throw to his side, and when he did, he did the right stuff, and PFF doesn't know what he talks about, okay, great. Move him up halfway. So he's in the middle. But if you look at Breland and if you look at McKenzie, the number of corners that made that minimum rep threshold is 116. (laughs) And McKenzie Alexander was 116. Rashad Breland was 111, only five spots higher. There is definitely room for improvement by Ed Donatel in this cornerback room. And definitely. And if you take that number 17, same values, same, you know, grading standard, and uh, Tiny Dantzler was number 17, I think you have something there. I like Tiny Dancer coming out. The one thing I worried about is his size. He has bulked yep. up some more. Um, and I think he, he, it's going to be interesting who starts. It's going to be an interesting conversation and competition as we watch in training camps. And then once we get into, you know, August and Egan, who's actually starting? I think – Indeed, Dave, and I think that the thing about Dancer that 
uh, interests me and why I think he's a breakout guy is, is, is one, he's entering into his third year. Uh, so he's had a couple of years where he's played, you know, not as much as I would have liked, but a significant amount of playing time now. So he's into his third year. I think he's should have a better understanding of how receivers try to get open, the kind of little games that they play uh, and the, the, how they run routes, what to expect, what to sit on knowing tendencies. I think he's, he's, you know, into his third year, so he should have some base knowledge on that. Uh, if you look at him uh, with, as far as the physical tools, yeah, he's a little light and he has had some injury issues in his first two years, but he's 6'2 and really long arms. Mm-hmm. He's got the size to handle the big wide receivers and not get, uh, he can get boxed out, but he's not going to get like, they're not going to be able to throw jump balls to him and, right. and he's going to be just totally helpless. So he's got the size you like for a cornerback. And in the times that he has played, he was the the one cornerback the past two years under Zimmer and the Vikings where he actually tries to make plays on the ball. He is a playmaker. Uh, he had two interceptions his rookie year. He had one last year. He forced a couple of fumbles in his time uh, playing. And the last year he had eight pass defenses. So he's a guy who makes plays on the ball. He's a playmaker. You want that guy in there. Does he get beat sometimes and uh, do some mystifying things like lining 10 yards off of Amon Ra St. Brown on the last play against Detroit or looking like a deer in the headlights when he was covering DJ Metcalf in that in Seattle two years ago and let Metcalf just catch a ball uncontested on fourth down. Yeah, but he's in his third year. I think also he's going to really benefit from the guy in, uh, that you've got pictured there, mm-hmm. Ed Donatel, the new defensive coordinator, a guy who uh, talks you know, talks about connecting with younger players and seems to relate to young players a lot better than the guy that used to run the defense in Minnesota, which is which was Mike Zimmer. I well, think you know a, po- a positive guy. I think that Dantzler is really going to he has a chance to really benefit from a, playing for a guy like Ed Donatel because he's he did Dantzler never seemed to really be able to get out of Zimmer's doghouse in my view. If he made a couple of bad plays. He'd get yanked for Chris Boyd last year, even which, and I think the ability for Dantzler to play freer, not have to worry that if he makes a mistake that he that he's going to get chewed out or get sent to to the sidelines, and playing, I think that he's going to really benefit mentally from that as well as he'll be allowed. I think he's going to be allowed to play more to his strengths, play to the ball, play press man, and I think. So the new coaching staff on the defensive side is going to do wonders for Cam Dantzler. And we need him to be, not only do I think he can be the best cornerback on the team next year, I think he has to be because uh, we don't know what how Booth is going to do. Uh, Chandon Sutherland's going to be a, probably he's going to be in the nickel likely and his PFF rankings weren't too hot last year either. I think they're 90, 94th overall, uh, which ain't good. But Patrick Peterson is not what he once was, obviously. He's okay. But, but if you got Dantzler locking down one side, and I think his ability to do that with again with the pass rushers that we've we've got with Smith and Hunter being back, I think that Dantzler can be a real key key piece in that secondary and in this Vikings defense. And I think in year three, with a new coaching staff and the experience he's built up to go along with his talent, he is ready to do that. Uh, I agree with you hundred percent, and especially in the Donatel defense where corners are a little bit freer to do stuff. They're not the they're not the ones making all the decisions and having to have everything absolutely correct. In the Donatel defense, the safeties are directing it versus in the Zimmer defense, it was the corners. Um, I think this is a very, very good deal. I hope Booth comes in and competes and wins his spot. But the one I'm wanting him to win, believe it or not, is Patrick Peterson. I mm-hmm. think um, having yep. Dantzler and Booth, if they're both good enough to do it, is a good thing for the Vikings as a whole going forward. Not oh, only yeah. this year, but in future years, right, as they build on that. Patrick Peterson can back off into the mentorship role. There's going to be a lot of rotation, so you're going to see a lot of these guys play. But I think it is – I think I agree with you on this that Cameron Dantzler – will be a breakout player, and we will all be pleasantly surprised. I do hope he stays healthy. I think putting on weight helps, and he's he's bulked up. He's gotten bigger. 
to help deal with that. And uh, I can't wait to see him. In this defense, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. In this defense. So. And, and, and we need him to be that guy, too, because when you look at everybody else on the secondary, yeah, we got bodies there. We got some experience, but who's, who's your, who's your, your alpha dog on that secondary in, at the cornerback room? Who's the guy that you think can step up and be the, the impact player? And to me, Dancer is really the only one I'm seeing unless Booth comes in and like totally blows us away with, with things. And that's quite possible because he's very talented, but you know, rookie cornerbacks, at least what I've seen, is they tend to they tend to struggle. They don't really right. hit the ground running quickly. Yeah, like in the first segment, we're talking about quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and his rookie receivers. It's going to take a while. Same with corners. It's going to take a while. CY's brought up that Dantzler seemed to get smarter with Peterson there. Peterson was mentoring him. I hope to see that continue. And Peterson, even on his show, talked about you know, encouraging him because I think Peterson sees something in him. So I think it's a good thing, and I think he's a great breakout selectee, one of the four, hopefully all four hit, and we'll go from there. And there'll be one of those 12, 14 wins, seasons like Purple Haze calls for. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's the show. We've gone over all three segments. Is there anything else you'd like to wrap this puppy up with? I was thinking this was going to last two hours. Oh, yeah, well, I talk, I talk fast. Well, that's all right. No, nothing, really nothing to add, David, uh, but just that uh, I think, yeah, good to get the schedule out and get an idea, get a feel for like uh, how the Viking season is stacking up as, and as far as how, what we can expect them to what kind of road they're going to be facing mm-hmm. uh, early on, middle of the season, late in the season. Uh, so good to get that out of the way, and we'll be talking about the schedule continuously. A couple more times between now and when the season starts, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we just like, we hope that. Thanking, thanking everybody for, for tuning in, too. That's right. We hope that Kirk Cousins stays healthy and that Cameron Dantzler – Earns that starting spot, and the battle is between Booth and um, Patrick Peterson. We'll see. Who knows? What do we say? We say thanking everybody for tuning in, and thank you for all the comments down there. We try to address them as best we can, and we also say, Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.